This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Once again, I'd like to point out that yours truly has done more than his share of television work and has worn plenty of suits in my day. Let's go Mets. I got a whole closet full of suits that uh, haven't been used in quite some time. (laughs) What's the style on them? If you look at the style, would it work today? Uh, Some of them would, and some of them sadly would not. (laughs) (laughs) Not even if, like, you were trying to be stylish and create your own trend, would they work? It's like, oh. That bad. Oh, I remember that from 2006. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like a double breasted suit on a guy like me? No, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. You got like six buttons down the front. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. It's Carlin versus Joe ESPN Radio. Sirius XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, Joseph, this game on Sunday night is the biggest game of the week. It is the Miami Dolphins hosting the Buffalo Bills. It is for the AFC East Championship. Quite simply, the winner wins the division. The Dolphins, I honestly believe have got so so much to deal with right now between chubb being out between howard being out between having a 59 hung on him last week i'm having an awful lot of trouble feeling good about where they are and i gotta tell you if they lose this game and they go one and done in the postseason injuries aside this might be nuts even though you win 11 games i think this was Absolutely a disappointing year for Miami. I'm going to feel pretty crummy about the Dolphins, considering where we were with them, considering how highly we had them evaluated. Maybe we were jumping the gun with their expectations, but we have treated Mike McDaniel like boy genius all season long, and things have unraveled at times. Let's be fair about it. And they, frankly, just haven't beaten enough good teams, and it's... All you have to do is look at the numbers and see how they play, comparatively speaking. That high-powered offense is nothing when it faces a good defense. See, this is the problem with 2024, the year of our Lord, 2023, the year of our Lord. Any of these recent, like the last couple decades, we have no patience. We have no patience for anything. This is what the internet has done to us. This is what instant gratification has done to us. We don't want to wait week to week for an episode of Game of Thrones to come out. We need Netflix to dump all 12 episodes of Ozark on us immediately so we can spend the whole day binging them in a row and then move on to the next thing. We don't God, even have I hate waiting week to week. Dialogue. Oh. We, we, we miss out on the dialogue. You watch the episode. You go in the work. You talk about it with people. Then you project what's going to happen during the weekend. Then you get to the weekend and you watch the next episode. We don't need everything instantaneously, and we have that now. And in so many ways... It's good for us, but it can also hurt us because we don't have any patience. And we look at the job McDaniel's done in Miami. We look at the growth the organization has shown us in less than two seasons, and we sit here and we crap on it. And we say, what a bust of a season this is. Mike McDaniel took over an organization that, let's be honest, they haven't done jack squat since Dan Marino left. And Dan Marino hasn't been in the NFL this millennium. Like this, we're a quarter of the way through this century. We have not seen Dan Marino in this century. The Dolphins have done nothing in that time span, and yet we expect so much from them. So McDaniel steps in. He takes over a quarterback in Tua Tungavailoa that everyone already said was a bust, can't stay healthy, can't play, was a product of Alabama's system. He comes in, and they win nine games 
They go to the playoffs and they give Buffalo all it can handle in Buffalo with Skylar Thompson as their quarterback. They come back the next year, which is this year. They win 11 games with a chance to win 12, with a chance to win the division. The offense takes leaps and bound steps forward. They got a quarterback in Tua where the big question is, can he stay healthy? He stayed healthy all year. He was in the MVP race, which is very honorable. And they find themselves in a spot where if they lose this weekend and then they're one and done in the playoffs, everyone's saying it's a bust. Why? It's another step in the right direction. It's double-digit wins. If you want to put pressure on them, wait for at least year three. But right now, given what this organization has been for the last few decades, remember the owner tampering with Tom Brady and all the other nonsense going on? Like, they're competent. They're fun to watch. They're respectful. Or respectable, I should say. This isn't an organization we need to dump on. They're moving in the right direction. This is how you build something. I think they're front runners. I think they're front runners. I think when things are going right, they are outstanding. When things are going wrong, they can't get out of their own way to try to get back. That's the way, I, that's the way I've seen them this year. And I get where you're coming from. I want to preach patience in a lot of scenarios, too. I don't always have to have everything immediately, although I do hate waiting a week for the next edition of a show. Ha- having said that, the Dolphins were sold to me this year as legitimate Super Bowl contenders really throughout. The quarterback was sold to me as somebody that... Well, hold on. Let me jump in real quick. Just a quick question. Quick yeah. follow-up. When were, when were they sold to you as legitimate Super Bowl contenders? Before the season started? Yeah, I think so. Uh, no way. There's no way anyone was selling Absolutely that. Absolutely they were. No one because the we all looked at and... last year and said that if Tua was healthy, they would have been uh they would have been a much better team and then this year the whole thing was if Tua can stay healthy, well then they're going to be legitimate Super Bowl contenders. Number 1, there were huge questions about whether or not the quarterback could stay healthy. And number 2, yes. you have to remember before the season started, they were third in the odds in their own division because when the season started everyone was because picking the Bills or the question. Jets. Because of that question, the number one thing that was holding them up was whether or not he could stay healthy, and he did. He did all But before the long. season started, no one was projecting them as a Super Bowl contender. It was all about Rodgers and the Jets and Allen and the Bills in just that division. That's before we talk about Mahomes and Burrow and Lamar and everybody else. No one looked at Miami as a Super Bowl contender. You thought they might get to the playoffs. Might. They were like mm. plus 350 to win the division. No. we, we I, I disagree with that completely. Before the, the season, you're saying they were a Super Bowl contender. I don't think if anyone saw that. stay healthy... Everybody qualified it with that statement. But that was a huge if, and yes, no one believed it, it could happen. It was. But my point is, he stayed healthy, and they haven't been a Super Bowl contender. They've been good. They've been improved. But they haven't been what they were sold to me to be. And the biggest way I know that that's true is that we all still have to ask the question about whether or not they should pay Tua. And it's not just about the health with that. That's more about the production, too. That's more about can he actually get it done if he doesn't have Tyreek Hill. My point is I'm not going to feel good about the Miami Dolphins if they go into the playoffs and it's one and done. But how are we going to feel about the Bills if if the Bills turn around this year and they don't make the playoffs? Let's say the things don't go their way. Dolphins beat them. Uh, They have, you know, a Pittsburgh uh, win. And the next thing you know, they're going home. How are you going to feel about the Bills at that point? 
Number one, I'm going to be very disappointed in general because if the Bills aren't in the playoffs, that opens up another spot for someone I really don't want to see in the playoffs because that team isn't going to be a legitimate contender. That's what worries me. Like, if we get Pittsburgh and Mason Rudolph in there, if we get, like, the Jags and Trevor Lawrence winning their division, and then you get, like, Houston in there as well, I don't want that. I don't need those teams in there. And then we get a limping around Kansas City team that isn't very good. The AFC all of a sudden stinks, in my opinion. I want the Bills in there because they round out the AFC. They give you more options. Because I'm not buying into Houston, Indy, Jacksonville, Pittsburgh. I'm not buying into any of them. I want as few of them as possible in the playoffs because I don't think any of them can actually win it. The Bills, I think, can win it. So, yeah, to answer your question, if the Bills don't get in, I think it's a huge letdown for us as fans. I think it's a major letdown down for the AFC playoff picture. I think it stinks that we bought into this story over the last six weeks as they've gotten red hot only to flame out before getting into the playoffs. And yeah, overall, it's a massive disappointment because they legitimately had Super Bowl aspiration before the season started. People picked them to win the Super Bowl. There was a lot to like about them. And when you have those sort of aspirations and you don't even make the playoffs in a year where the AFC is down, Burrow gets hurt. Rodgers gets hurt. The Chiefs aren't very good. The Chargers didn't materialize like usual. The Broncos and Raiders didn't materialize like usual. You had so many options for ways to get in and you didn't. It's a massive bust. You have to start evaluating everything. You have to start with Sean McDermott and say, what went wrong here? Is this the way we need to move forward? Listen, if the Bills don't make the playoffs, there's going to be a part of me that's very happy because I'm going to look so brilliant. (laughs) I mean, that's... You're the Ultimately, only guy picking him to miss before the season started. I didn't hear that from anybody else. No, no, and I'm I'm going to look like a genius. And it doesn't happen very often. So it's, you know, it's like Matthew Slater was talking about. Cherish the moments. <laughs> and I would cherish that moment. Is this like where you're going to bring your wife in to be like, hey, honey, you got to listen on Monday because yeah. your boy's going to look quite good. I, I would actually get the clip of me saying it at the beginning of the year, and I'd play it for her on my phone. <laughs> That's what I would do. How would but, she respond? <laughs> and she will walk away with her head in disgust, like, <laughs> I can't believe this is what I signed up for. What a waste of time this is. <laughs> and I will say, look around. This pays for the whole thing. <laughs> this dream that you're living, yeah. you're welcome. <laughs> also, your work too. <laughs> yeah. Everything you bring to the table, which is yeah, far more important to society very, than what I do. Very important part of it. Um, <laughs> but I actually want the bills to make the playoffs for the very same reason that you're talking about. I've lost a lot of faith in Jacksonville, who I thought would make the AFC championship game this year. I don't think they're capable of doing it. I'm a Steelers fan. I have no interest in watching Mason Rudolph in the playoffs. None. I do not want to see that. they're not that good of a team and they will be a one and done situation. I want the most competitive scenario and I can't argue with how well that they have played over the last few weeks that the bills provide that. So really it's a Carlin can't lose situation. There you go. That's what we got to. You did exactly what you needed to do. Back to me. They make the playoffs. (laughs) We get good games. They miss the playoffs. I gloat. Bingo. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. You only get this kind of analysis right here. (laughs) In moments, my friend, Dak is going to be back for the Cowboys. Should Mike McCarthy, if they don't get there? Uh, Carlin versus Joe, 
ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Also, don't forget that the Dolphins and Bills, that's going to determine the number two seed in the AFC. While the Cowboys are in the driver's seat for that number two seed, what happens if they don't make that deep playoff run? It's a very interesting question. It's next. ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. The Cowboys coaches have implored the players not to underestimate an opponent that seemingly lacks motivation. We have a lot to play for, and it's important for us to make sure that we go down there and uh, you know win this game and do it the right way. I think we're definitely lined up for another great Sunday. Uh, we've got one game right here to go win this division, um, have a two seed, and that, that makes it a playoff game. That makes it a game, obviously, with a lot of implication, but another game that this team needs that just obviously sets us up in the position for the playoffs. I have zero faith in the Cowboys as a road team in the postseason. When they're playing Washington this week, I'm not really all concerned at all considering that the Commanders have lost seven in a row, and I fully expect the Cowboys, with this door that has just been thrown wide open for them by the Eagles falling apart, that they will win the game, win the division, and claim the number two seed overall in the NFC. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. But Joe, this is my problem with Dallas right now. They may be in that playoff mindset like you just heard Mike McCarthy talk about, right? I don't believe they are capable of winning a road playoff game and getting to the Super Bowl, which means to me that they need the number two seed overall, but they need somebody else to knock off the 49ers. I think that can happen because too many times in the history of the league, we've seen a team that basically took week 18 off or week 17 off, whatever it was at the time, and then had a bye week and they were basically rested for two weeks and they come in and they're rusty and the next thing you know, they're on the ropes and they're on their way out the door. Highly unlikely scenario, but I just want to throw something at you. The idea of 
You don't think Dallas could like go to Detroit and win? No, I don't. Really? Okay. Interesting. I don't. Just to figure I throw that out there. Um, I don't if the conversation about Dallas's Super Bowl chances starts with if somebody else takes out the Niners, then then that tells you everything you need to know about the Dallas Cowboys, right? Mm. If somebody else needs to handle the wet work, then you might as well just discount them now to begin with because I really don't care what happens if they don't have to face the Niners because they'll get to the Super Bowl and then they'll lose that game because that game's not going to be played in Dallas. It's going to be played for a minute that they could win in San Francisco right now. No, I don't. I mean, I'm not going to say 0% because it's the NFL, but I don't have any reason to believe that Mike McCarthy can outcoach Kyle Shanahan. I don't have any reason to believe that a team that is so bad on the road can suddenly get good on the road. The Niners have everything they need. They get the bye, which means home field, and more important, it means rest. You can rest everybody over the next couple weeks. Brock Purdy's not going to play the next two weeks. Christian McCaffrey's not going to be playing the next two weeks. You can get everybody healthy and ready. And then let's look at their scenario. Who are they going to host in a divisional round? Like, what are the options of the teams that are going to go to Santa Clara? Is it even going to be tough? Because if you look at the Eagles' path last year, they hosted the Giants in the divisional round. And the Giants last year, they were frisky. Like, they were a frisky team, but they weren't that good, and everybody knew it. And that's not a knock on the Giants. They overachieved. Dable did a hell of a job, and he was rewarded for it. But the Giants went into the link, and they got blasted in that game, and that was it. The Eagles blasted a team, and suddenly they're hosting the NFC Championship game. That is a huge advantage to have when you're the one seed. So I don't see how it's going to be that the Niners are going to end up in some awful spot in the divisional round where the Cowboys are going to have the opportunity to say, someone else, please go handle the Niners so that we can host the NFC Championship and we can go to the Super Bowl. You want to be the man, you got to beat the man. Go do something about it. Yeah, listen, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I feel great about making that proclamation, but I can't. This is such a great endorsement for any team that you think can make the Super Bowl. I can't rule it out. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. See, like, exactly. Like, I know what you're, you're trying to make the case and you're looking at the scenarios and it's like, look, we can't discount Dallas because of this path. But the path requires other people to take out Goliath. It doesn't require Dallas to do anything impressive. It requires somebody else to take out the Niners. That's the indictment of the Cowboys. We're not sitting here talking about why they can beat the Niners. We're sitting here saying if somebody else can handle the big bad boogeyman in San Francisco, then maybe Dallas can get there. That's everything you need to know about Dallas because maybe that scenario unfolds and maybe Dallas ends up in the Super Bowl. They're not going to beat the Ravens. That's Outside not going to happen. Outside of McCarthy, do you have – what what are your real concerns about the Dallas Cowboys? In other words, if we're sitting here in a couple of weeks and the Cowboys, for whatever reason, are one and done, what do you believe the reason for that will be? I mean, primarily it'll be McCarthy. McCarthy's not very detail-oriented, so yeah. it trickles down to his team. I would say that the defense hasn't been great. They're good at times, but they're not great, and they get exposed on the road. I think that they become very one-dimensional late in the season because Tony Pollard, and you brought this up at the beginning of the year, big questions as to whether or not Tony Pollard can handle the full workload. Mm-hmm. He's not in every down back, and we're seeing it late in the year. So it's McCarthy, it's the road issues, it's the defense, and it's the offense being one-dimensional. I will say this. I I truly believe Dak Prescott is more than competent as a franchise quarterback. I don't think you even need to consider what you're going to do because I don't know how many options out there are better. Like, what options are better, realistic options, 
to replace Prescott to make you a better team. I think there are far better options in terms of replacing your head coach than replacing your quarterback. I don't think there are any quarterback options out there. I'll take it a step further. I think you can win a Super Bowl with Dak. Now I do believe that, and I don't – I certainly did not believe that, I would say, before the season started. I think he's done enough good things to really improve and handle himself in the right way, every way possible. I have trouble believing that the Cowboys flame out, that Dak's going to be the reason why. I really do. Let me ask you this. If you take Justin Fields and remove him from Chicago, and you put Dak Prescott in Chicago, and Dak plays exactly like he just played this year, are the Bears questioning whether or not they have their guy? No. Not at all. Not, not at all. There's not nobody the questioning whether or not they have their guy if they get the production at the quarterback position that Prescott has given the Dallas Cowboys this year. I don't even know why we still even in- embrace this conversation. Prescott has shown he's more than competent. He's well above average. He's a very good quarterback. If we want to talk about great, I mean, we're probably not putting him up there with Mahomes, but we're not putting anyone up there with Mahomes. So this was a little nugget that was dropped by Dan Graziano this week in his column on ESPN.com. Quote, I still I have people still telling me to watch the Cowboys job if they flame out early in the playoffs, though I must stress that it's all outside speculation and I haven't heard it from anyone directly connected with the team. The one thing I'll say here, Joe, if they flame out, I'm still not convinced that Jerry Jones is going to fire Mike McCarthy because it's not like over the last 10 to 12 years They have gone through a ton of head coaches. I think Jerry likes having his finger, uh, his thumb rather, on whoever that head coach is, and he's clearly got it on McCarthy because Jerry needs to get the credit. I'm trying to think of what options are out there, realistic options that would be out there that would get Jerry excited because the thing with Jones is all year we've been listening to his press conferences, and he keeps talking about how he gets so excited watching the Eagles lose. Right? Like, he knows. And I think this is great about him. I'm not trying to knock it or or, or criticize it in any way. I think it's great how he talks about it. He was planning on going to bed, but then the Seattle game, he's planning on going to bed, but then Seattle's coming back and the Eagles might lose and then they lost. And he was up all night because he was so excited. He knows he's got a really good team. He knows he's got a really good team. And he also knows his chief obstacle to getting to the Super Bowl, the Philadelphia Eagles, is vulnerable. And people will say, no, the Niners are the chief obstacle. No, they're not. The Eagles are because it's through the division. you got to win the division so you can host some games and set up the scenario. So if he can get past the Eagles and win the division, he's sitting there thinking about how grand this could be. But McCarthy's going to be in a big spot. His head coach is going to be in a big spot, and he's going to have to deliver. And if he doesn't, I, I, I can't see Jerry wanting to run it back again when he gets the gift of the Eagles being down this year in addition to the Giants and the Commanders. You're not going to get multiple years where the whole division just stinks. Let me just ask this question. Belichick. It's intriguing. It's very intriguing, but it doesn't seem like those two are made for one another, given what Jerry looks for in terms of control and what Bill looks I know. for in terms of control. I never, ever, though, thought that Bill Parcells and Jerry Jones would be a marriage together. Great point. And I certainly don't think that this is likely to happen in any stretch. I just, it intrigues me. It intrigues me. And I would think it might be something that, like, and I think that in some ways for for Belichick to go with Jerry Jones, 
Like, you would think that would tick Kraft off a little bit, wouldn't you? Kind of awesome. Like, the behind-the-scenes <laughs> stuff is kind of awesome there. It's Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. In moments, it's one of my favorite segments of the week. One NFL coach would be better served to lose this weekend, but don't try to tell him that. That is after Joe has this from our friends at Granger. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and the experience to answer all your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. They say what? What? I have to believe one and one is three. I, I can't, I can't uh, operate where one and one is two. They said what? Oh, it's always so amazing. Carlin versus Joe. ESPN Radio, Series 6 M Channel 80. I love They Said What because we get to hear just off-the-wall comments from people or maybe even a little bit of contentiousness, as we did with Mike Vrabel, the Titans head coach, explaining to a, a reporter, you know, why he wants to win. Because it sucks to lose, Gentry. Trey, you ever need to show you anything? Uh, did you have another thought or no? I'm just curious. Why? Well, it it sucks. Losing. Awful. That's why I want to win. Because you don't sleep. You want to win for the players that bust their tail. That's it. Gentry. God, that he sounds exactly like a guy I grew up with, who's kind of like a big, thick guy like Vrabel. Yeah. Just that, that like totally blew my mind right there. See, that that's the kind of a soundbite that that lives for a while. And it's unfortunate that he had to name drop him there. It is, but you know what? That's why he's a player's guy. That's exactly. why the, he's going to have the locker room. That's why the guys are going to rally around him. That's why he's going to be a head coach in this league for a long time. And you know what? It's easy as a media member or as an analytics guy to sit there and say, well, the best thing to do in week 18 is to lose so you can improve your draft position because this pick could be worth this much. And the thing is, these guys don't think like that. They're trying to build a winning culture. It's about the culture of winning. Every week, every opportunity, you want to win. Because if it's okay to lose in week 18, who says it's not okay to lose in week 17? And then you start to get comfortable with losing. And when you get comfortable with losing, that's when it's all over. Yeah, listen, anybody, we can sit here and talk about how teams should want to lose. The coach is never going to want to lose. Ever, ever, ever. 
Then there's Dan Campbell, speaking of which, on 97 won the ticket in Detroit, having a little back and forth on that two-point conversion situation this past weekend. You had said, you told the offense, you're going for two on the final drive if you score. But from the seven, I mean, and looking back, like, was there a point of no return where you lay down your sword and kick the extra point? Do you regret at all the decision to go for it from the seven? I told our offense, we're going for the win. And we're going to go down, we're going to score, and we're going for two. And I wasn't coming off of that. So if it was like 10 or 15, like a holding penalty, you still would have gone for it? No. We're getting outside the 10. No. Okay, we, that's we why I'm asking. Outside yeah, the yeah. 10 every week, good on good. <laughs> we do it every week. O versus D. Yeah. I, like when, when you got the penalty and move it to go the... Go ahead and say it. Say it. Both of you. What? Say it. Say what you want to say. I think from the seven, it's a low percentage play. I think your chances of winning are lower than if you kick the extra point. I would have. I would like you would say it to anybody else. I'm on the radio. Say it like you want to say it. Yeah. I thought it was a reckless decision. Thank you. Okay, I, but you don't regret it. No. <laughs> You know what? God, I love that. Uh, you know, you're trying to couch it a little bit, but he went right at it. And I, I listen, Campbell's right. Go right at it. Say what you say. I, I and I absolutely believe it was a reckless decision. And here's the problem with Dan Campbell, Joe. Every once in a while, there is nuance and there is a, a fine tuning of a decision. It just it can't be bull in the china shop every single time. The thing is, I, I understand the correct decision is to kick the extra point. I don't find his decision to go for it from the seven to be that egregious. So often we hear color guys on these broadcasts tell us that when a team's like on the goal line, but they pick up a five-yard false start and they get backed up, you'll hear the guy go, it's not at the end of the world. They actually pick up more room to work with here, right? The receivers have more room to work with the end zone and the yards in front of them. So I didn't think it was terrible. I'm not saying he made the right decision. I just don't think it was as bad as everyone made it out to be, considering that their defense had played pretty good, but they had Dallas on the ropes there. And they're on the road, and they're an underdog, so go out and try to win it. But I think this week, it'd be real smart for Campbell not to take that aggressive approach. Sit your guys, get healthy, forget about last week, get ready for the first round of the playoffs. Because if they go out there, balls to the wall, trying to win this game, and they end up stumbling, someone gets hurt, they lose, they're going to have so much bad Mojo going into the playoffs, they probably end up flaming out. Joe Flacco, Browns quarterback. I don't know if you know this. Old. Here he is on his relationship with his younger teammates. Guys look at you a little bit differently just because of the fact that I've played. This is the 16th year that I've been in this league. And you can tell that guys look at you a little bit differently just because of that. I mean, I'm dealing with, you know, I, I, I always say it. If I messed up in high school, I mean, I could be these kids' dads. You know, it's like, uh, it's, it, it's, so there is, you know, there's something that, you know, they probably do look at me a little bit differently just because of that uh, to get a sense of what kind of impact who knows um i'm just being myself and trying to help them win games and i think when you're yourself that's the best chance you have to impact people so hopefully i've had something joe i'm kind of thinking you know all the flacco love that we go the other way in a couple weeks I, I got to tell you, from a betting perspective, it'll be interesting because that team's really bagged up. I don't think people realize how many guys they're missing due to injury. But I think the yin and the yang of the Aaron Rodgers story and the Aaron, and the Joe Flacco story is just like the perfect compliment. That's a great point. Rodgers, it's like all noise. It's all talk. It's all bravado. It's all hype. Shows up, immediately gets hurt. Season washes down the toilet. And then we hear from him every week, all season long. 
Flacco's not even in the league to start the season. We forget about him. He's on the couch. Sometime after Thanksgiving, he's called in because it's an emergency, basically. And it's like, yeah, all right, we'll see what happens here. And he's just winning games. And he just turns out to be a pretty cool guy. He's making jokes. He's staying loose. There's nobody in the NFL right now more loose than the Cleveland Browns. Like, does it seem like that team has a care in the world? That is the loosest team in pro sports right now. And the Flacco story is an incredible story. I love it. I hope they win the Super Bowl. I'm an Eagle fan. The Eagles are in the playoffs. I still hope the Browns win the Super Bowl. And Joe, just in the last few minutes, we have a breaking addition to They Said Carlin versus Joe. Breaking news. Eh, kind of. Here's Brian Dable going back and forth with a reporter just a few moments ago. Can you lose guys that can make money on Sunday if they hit certain thresholds? Are you aware of those? Go Sorry, ahead. I'm looking at your hair. My hair? Yeah. <laughs> jealous? Dougie's jealous. <laughs> You should look. You should turn, flip your, flip your phone around and take a look at it. It is a little wild. But yes, I am. <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking at your hair. I, I thought this was going to go somewhere different. When they said there was a back and forth, I thought it was going to get testy. No, I, I think that's so hilarious. Too. I mean, you know, Giants are loose right now. It's really all you can say about the way that season's gone. <laughs> It's all right. Dable's done a nice job down the stretch. They haven't had a whole lot to work with. Year three of Brian Dable is going to be very interesting. It's going to be very interesting to see what the Giants can do this offseason to build that team up and see what they can do next year. I'm not saying we need to talk about them competing for the NFC Championship, but they should be they should be competent and respectful. I keep saying respectful. Respectable next year. They should be respectable. I don't care if they're respectful. <laughs> so I don't know where that keeps coming from. I, did you have a chat with the kids recently or something? I mean, you know, nonstop. <laughs> we were out at dinner last night. It's just nonstop. Could everyone just please calm down? Could you please chew with your mouths closed? Could you please stop yelling at each other? It's everything. Carlin versus Joe presented by Progressive Insurance. The Progressive, they're making things even easier. We're going to help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. One last ride on that producer parlay train. We try to cash in next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. The bigger the parlay, show me the money. The more it will pay. It's big money, very big money. It's time to head into the control room for this week's producer parlay. Well, we uh, we got close one week this season, so we're going to try to salvage this one last time. Carlin vs. Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. The producer parlay is something that is the brainchild of one Joe Fortenbaugh, and frankly, just out of his own generosity more than anything. Joe, explain once again what it is. So here's how it works. Nobody, nobody takes care of the behind-the-scenes people like this show does. They deserve a lot more credit. Wilner, the handman, and all the producers and board ops working on all the other shows. So here's what we said. We... Carlin and I are going to front the cash for an eight-leg parlay. Eight different shows are going to have one pick per week. We're going to front the cash, and if that $20 parlay hits, all the money goes to the producers and board ops. We don't see any of it. You don't even have to pay us the $20, pay us back the $20 initial investment. You can keep that too. That's our gift to you, an opportunity to make lots of money. Unfortunately, they can't figure out how to make the money. Yeah. And that's been a problem. They should just keep the $20. If you had done that every week times 18 weeks, you guys would be doing okay. So, guys, just to clarify, we've had one week where we were one short, correct? Yeah, Nuno came up short. 
Oh, wow. wow. Right under the bus. I'll Not even you, a thing. I love about Evan, he is such a quick finger pointer. Yeah. This like is why you guys aren't going to be able instinct. to win. You guys got to be able to move past it. You should say, Carlin, we're past that. We're not even thinking about it anymore. No, 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 no. All right. So Evan's here we go. That one go. Very interested to see. Final opportunity here. Final opportunity. Did we ever get within, t- did we ever go like six and two? Or we, yeah. I know we got a seven and one. We had a six and two. I think wow. we won. We had a five, two, and one push. So it would have been a, we would have, yes. We would have won a seven like parlay. So we've gone six and two, five, two, and one, and, and the seven and one. That new no room. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, All right. What do we got? All right. Started off on Sportsmanlike. Speaking of Patriots minus two, Greeny's going Commanders plus thirteen. Uh, Freddie and Harry going Nico Collins over seventy four and a half receiving yards. Amber and Ian rolling with Mason Rudolph over one and a half touchdown passes. Okay. Ooh. Um. Interesting here. Nico Ooh. Collins, wide receiver, Houston in a big game against Indianapolis. Yeah, they're yep. going to need to target him. Mason Rudolph going against the Baltimore backups. Okay. I've already said I like the Commanders plus the 13. Patriots minus two is interesting. That total's like Iowa-like. It's 30 and a half because of the weather concerns up there. That number dropped considerably. Wasn't it up at 40 earlier in the week? 34 and a half down to 30 and a half, which okay. is still significant. And also, I'm surprised they're laying the two rather than just playing the money line. I could see the Patriots winning that game like 11-10. Yeah. Yeah. 11-10. I hope it's a, little, it's a little more scoring, high scoring than that, considering it'll be myself and Mike Tannenbaum on the call <laughs> from Foxborough <laughs> on Sunday. But I am looking forward to the idea of doing, like, potentially a snow game. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. You know? That'd and be it's great. also the fact that we're doing it is more based in the fa- in in that it's Bill Belichick potentially his final game as head coach uh, of the New England Patriots, and we'll hear it right here on ESPN Radio Sunday, as well as Bears Packers uh, at four twenty five Eastern. Um, you know, I-, I like all these picks. The Commanders plus thirteen, I really don't hate it at all. I'm with you on that one. So where are we on the second half of this hand man? All right, well, we're going to start with our pick here on Carlin versus Joe. We're going Mike Evans over five and a half receptions. That's an alternate line, by the way. And then great minds think alike. The Paul Feinbaum show, they also like Mike Evans in this game against the Panthers for the division. Over 51 and a half receiving yards. That uh, kind of feels like a steal there, doesn't it? Before we go any further, why does everyone like Mike Evans so much? Is it a contract incentive thing? Is he chasing history? Like, why is everyone, is there something I'm missing here? I don't think you're missing anything. Just I, playing the Panthers? I think we're, yeah, playing yeah. the Panthers. Okay, it's that they're, they're actually playing for something. Evans has had a pretty good season, obviously. Evans is a Hall of Famer. Like, yeah. people are finally starting to realize, like, oh, my God. This guy came out of Texas A&M. Look at all the stats. Yeah, he's had a, an amazing career. Best, Great player. Best wide receiver Tom Brady ever played with. All right. Oh, wow. All right. Let's okay. Say, all right. Listen, I don't know. There was a guy fan, named Moss. He might, be, was, he might be right. I don't know. You know Wes Welker was pretty good. Julian Welker. Edelman was pretty good. Yeah. I, I don't know that Welker was better than Mike Evans, but I'm just throwing out good receivers he played yes. with. That Evan is just so quick to dismiss. There's of course Deion Branch, David Gibbons. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Now we're going back to the original <laughs> days, the OG days. Yeah, all right. Did uh, he play with Aguilar at the end? I don't know. No, no Aguilar, I'm here yeah, I think babies. Aguilar was only there last year. <laughs> all right, two picks left here. We're going to game night. CD Lamb over. I think nine. he played with Irving Fryer. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. All right, uh, game night's going CeeDee Lamb over 99 and a half receiving yards. And then remote. Is that the proper or is that an alt? Can I jump in there? That feels like a high number. It does feel like a high number. It's Washington, though. We will check on that alt. No, I think it's probably legit. It's Washington. They stink. Yeah, it is high, though. And then remotes is Dalton Schultz over four and a half receptions. Okay. A lot of overs here, as usual. Lots of overs. Nobody ever plays the unders. 
Nobody ever no. plays the unders. A lot of receiving yards. You know why it is? People are afraid to play the unders, Joe. It, they truly are. Yeah. You taught me this a long time ago. Playing the under, there, there's probably even more value to it than playing the over because Always. so many people will go the overs. Always. Well, first of all, yes, the public loves overs. That's number one. But number two, remember something. You need everything to go right to hit your over. To hit an under, guy could get hurt. Like, right out of the gate, a guy could get hurt. When you talk about season win totals, the value is always in the unders. But games like this, like CeeDee Lamb, 99 and a half yards, here's what you need. Lamb needs to have a really good game, and he might need to play all four quarters, and he's then need not, not get hurt. For an under to happen, you got a million things that can go your way. He could have a good game, he could have 95 yards, and then they pull him in the fourth quarter. Like, there's a lot that can blow you up there. Um, okay, I. what does this pay? The number it pays out. $20 bet, $20 bet on the uh, eight-leg parlay is at plus 88.65, so it would pay out $1,793.15. Okay, this is interesting. This is the lowest possible payout of the year by a mile. Yeah. I feel like the teams have all gotten together and realized this is our last crack at this. Let's not get greedy. Let's button it up. Let's try to figure things out. I've criticized this parlay because they haven't done it in a correlated fashion. One day they'll say something like, hey, I love the Giants to score over 28 and a half points. And then the next guy will be like, yeah, Daniel Jones under 100 passing yards. And it's like those two things can't happen. You're not going to have the Giants have a great offensive day with Jones throwing for 10 passing yards. Correlate your props. And here you've got Evans correlated in a couple. Uh, You know what? It took 18 weeks, but I finally at least have a little bit of pride in this. You, so, Evan, you, did everybody get together and sure. yeah, Handman, did they get together and discuss? No. Nope. No. Absolutely no. not. Well, no. maybe you, you learned us, something here. You give us way too much credit, Joe. You've worked with all of these people. We're idiots. I just assume maybe. I mean, this is a buttoned up parlay right here. This is the most buttoned up I've seen it. Half the people didn't even see the other people's bets before they sent them. That's all one right. Guy, one guy in this sent me three different times his parlay because the first two were already in the parlay. Wow, really? <laughs> yes. Who was that? I will not say. Why? I don't Wait want a minute. To. Why you are you burning the finger at Nuno, Nuno the second he's wrong? This person isn't getting burned. Whoever you're saying is they're not getting burned. <laughs> it's Alan Yates, and tomorrow's his last day in the department, so ta-ta. Well, well that's a nice way to say goodbye to him for Pete's sake. Wow. And he's the fine bomb pick. He's the fine bomb pick. Listen. I don't think there's not. We didn't burn them. If Yates had two selections that someone else is already going with, all right, you guys are. Hey, I'm willing yeah. to think positively here. This is a problem with you knuckleheads. You are you lose this thing before it even starts. There's so much negativity around it. Well, that's, no, that's when I picked Colby Covington. That's that's when we lost it before it even started. It's a ballsy pick. That's a ballsy pick. By the way, Carlin, has anyone ever thanked you for this? By the way, 18 weeks. Have you gotten a single thank you for fronting this? We had this? no idea the option was just to take the twenty dollars up front. It's not an option. It wasn't an option. I'm just saying. It'd be, it'd be really clever if one of you had said that, though. Be like, can we just have the twenty dollars instead? Be like, you know what? Here you go. By the way, I, I think I owe you one hundred eighty dollars. <laughs> Still haven't sent it. Yeah, I didn't want to bring it up, but it's not yeah. like you've done a whole lot here. Either. Thanks for listening to the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Carlin versus Joe weekdays from noon to three Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel eighty. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Carlin vs. Joe podcast.